Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with, ouch, Third Eye. And I'm our Neville It's called Third Johnston. Eye Blind now. <laughs> I'm our Neville Johnston, as always. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. Tonight we're gonna to talk about criticism and uh, how uh, the difference between criticism and critique and various things like that. But first, I, I was watching the credit, or the uh, roll-in, our show opening, and um, I just wanted to thank all the people responsible for that. I know you put a lot of work into that in its original form, and Davey well, with go. the py uh, pyramid, and then most recently, um, Miguel, um, who put so much of uh, the, you know, the color in it and just made it and put my um, Osho cards in there and mm -hmm. pictures of orbs that I had taken. Anyway, it's really a hot item there. Actually, there's lots in there. So next week, watch it if you haven't yeah. really studied. Mayan calendar is mentioned. Uh, yeah, just huge. So we got the orbs. We got cards. We got Lenny Bruce's face turning into Christ's face. Yeah, Lenny Bruce died for our sins. That was a very popular thing to say mm -hmm. somewhere in the late '60s. But yeah. at any rate, well, so we're going to talk about criticism, and I I would just you know, start the ball rolling there, just saying that this is probably the era of the criticism. Uh, and, and I know we'll go into the critique and all that and the difference, but, but I find that everybody is a critic. Everybody now has a format to sit at their computers, let's say, and go into the comments section and find fault with everything. Um, it, it's almost difficult to even put a comment or a post on Facebook without uh, people feeling the need, not, not me personally, but I just see a lot of people put stuff uh, out on Facebook and then there's a lot of critiques about what one has said. And the question would be then raised, are we in an era of way too much judgment? Uh, are, are our freedoms being held in check by our own criticism of our words? And how much of what's outside of you coming in is a reflection of you? And I think the difference between criticism and critique is criticism usually has a charge with it. And if it has a charge with it, then it's really all you. <laughs> it's not really about the other person. Well, the reason it has a charge with it, um, a profound principle we've been teaching on this show since God, oh, who knows when. Odd zip is when we started, remember? Odd zip, yeah. Uh, is that if uh, someone is criticizing you, what they are doing is talking about themselves. They are not really talking about you. And if they are talking about themselves with a charge, then you know that that is a particularly meaningful thing that they do not like about themselves. We've repeated at least a thousand times the story of the call uh, that came in uh, in the days when I wore uh, shorts and a cummerbund and a Hawaiian shirt as the standard garb that I would be wearing on this show which I like very much because the dress code was always what it is you would love to wear. Nothing else about it, just what would you love to wear. So anyhow, this guy calls in and says, ugh, how gay. And I said, well, you know, really, why are you telling the audience uh, that your father never approved of you? Why are you telling the audience that your prom night, or really was it your wedding, was from absolute heck? Why are you telling everybody this? And there was immediately a dial tone and so the next time you are criticized, realize that the person is talking about themselves very intimately, giving you enough information to absolutely behead them. And I've always said it's really okay to behead them 
because they will grow a new head. And the new head will be marginally improved, but it will be improved. Now, when it is a critique, then they are not talking about themselves. It is a profound attempt to help someone that they see as not being aware of things that they are supposed to be aware of. It's not, hi, there's something the matter with you. It's, hi, it is done this way, and this way is successful. Or this is one, another point of view, yeah. just a, a mirroring of, of a point of view. Yeah, so this is important. Now, once you have this tool, see, the, uh, understanding the criticism, uh, first of all, the, the charge on it is the person's ego. That's the charge on it. And this, so if you find yourself actually criticizing someone, uh, then you can step back from that and recognize that uh, that's the ego. And the ego's job is to keep us separate, which is really a very, very silly concept because there is no possibility that we are not each individually unique. There is no possibility that we're not unique. It cannot be done. No matter what you do, we will all be individuals. We will all be unique. The ego doesn't really have a job. Well, you know, just to, just to give a, an example of this, we're really um, coming from our own space. A lot of times people say, well, what does that mean? This person really is doing X, Y, and Z, and I don't do that. What do you mean I'm talking about myself? Well, oh. an example of this is, uh, and I've told this before as well, um, but I worked in a job one time where there were three of us that did the same job but for different divisions, and two of us were single mothers supporting our kids, and we would stay and do everything. We just went way above and beyond because we felt that job was necessary for us to support our kids. The third person was doing it just for something to do. Her kids had grown and gone, and it wasn't for a money-motivated job to her. So she left at 5 o'clock every day. And I realized that the two of us were angry at her because she left at 5 and got promotions and raises and everything. And here we were doing everything and no one noticed. And then I just stopped in mid-thought with that. And I said, I'm not really mad at her. I'm not even mad at the bosses for favoring her. What I'm mad at is me for feeling like I have to sit here and do all this extra work just to be at the same level as what I would, mm -hmm. you know, in my mind. Yeah. So I started seeing that that's where the anger was. I was mad at me for not being more like her. I wasn't mad at her for being the way she is. So are you being too hard on yourself? What are the things that you criticize? Is it the same common thing? Is it other drivers? Is it the neighbor? Is it your boss? Is it coworkers? What is the main area of your life that you tend to criticize? And you know the feeling when you criticize. It's self-churning and self-turning, and it, and it knots you up. It doesn't expand and grow. So think of some of those areas, and please call in and share, and we can work through some of these yeah, things Yeah, we can people. assist. That's what this whole program is about, is assisting Mm -hmm. You, the audience, the only guest we ever have is call people to call the guest, in. Uh, the callers Be a are guest on the show. Guests. Call in. Mm -hmm. That is the way that works. So the, there's the low self-esteem versus self-love thing in the story you were talking about. The woman had self-love, you know, because she, I'm here, I'm doing this, I'm doing this on a completely voluntary well, she wasn't caught in the world of need like we were yeah. as well. There was certainly what you're saying, and I, I, I validate that for you. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, your, your read on that. And I think it was also, we were living in a place of fear, thinking 
that we had to do all that to get there. And, and you know, it just goes to show you that we all walk around with our external rules that we think the whole rest of the world shares with us, like we're supposed to do this and stay until the job's done. Whatever your rules are, you are constantly measuring yourself against your external yardstick, which is really your subjective view of other people's views and beliefs that you got as a child. And we're constantly measuring ourselves against that and everybody else that comes into our life. So if on your yardstick it says you always call, even if you're gonna be two minutes late, and on this person over here yardstick says, I'll only call when I'm a half an hour late, you both are following rules and doing a good thing, but you certainly will get frustrated at the person that is a half hour late and hasn't called you. Look at your rules in your life, because that's another uh, th thing that this criticism will show you is these rules that you are assuming apply for every, or, or that everybody's in agreement on, but they're not. And it's very enlightening to say, wow, they're not really on board with this, so maybe I don't have to criticize them or try to guilt them into following my rules. I've seen some very bizarre things done with that external yardstick. And I'll leave well, that to too. your overactive imaginations out there. Well, uh, no, we beat ourselves over the head with it constantly. Somebody call in if you would like to uh, share a story or any of the rest of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, we just said that. Yeah. That, that goes in, in because it's, yeah, because it's a very exciting thing. So. The other side of the thing, the person uh, uh, sincerely interested in assisting, interested mm -hmm. in uh, providing the, the um, tutelage that would allow you to lead a far more pleasant life, which is what this show is founded on. Uh, what we are talking about for people here is the idea that there's a different way to look at this stuff uh, because we all get caught in whatever it is we're taught to get caught in we're all mice in traps as far as that goes and unable to not um, kill ourselves over the cheese. And as charming as all those allegories are, although they might be similes, whatever that word is, at any rate, it's up to us to, to rise, to become more conscious, to be bigger than this stuff. Um, if you want to, to be beaten, use the word magic uh, in public and especially at the job. Yes, I shall do this magically. The last three days and later parts of the meditation I do, I've decided that I will have a magical day. And the first day I really did keep track of magical things that happened uh, and today, uh, but I, I just don't, um, I know it happens that way. I don't pay much attention now. Oh, uh, found magic, um, we had done the meditation that we're going to introduce on the Arcturian night, and the idea is to remove these locks from your subconscious mind, so, uh, which are holding you back in one way or another. So, all right, so first of all, I can't get the locks open. And then uh, some scientist within me, now that's what a lock is for, some scientist within me says, well, just hit it with liquid nitrogen and then tap it and it will shatter. So I'm doing that tap, tap, shatter, shatter, tap, tap, shatter, shatter. Okay, and I'm going, oh, what in the world's the matter with me? Lock opens by magic and pops open. And then I, I, it's just a nanosecond now and it dumps me somewhere in my history. And then I recognize that some piece of programming entered my subconscious mind uh, at that moment where I'm dumped. So I look at the moment and then I notice what the subconscious programming is, 
And then I say, well, it's perfectly all right to be done with that. It is. It's all right. I no longer have to be um, mandated by that event. And so this process of, of clearing your subconscious is um, very important for us because that's what keeps pulling us back down yeah. when we don't have to be. And for years criticism we will be in there. When yeah. you unlock one of them, it'll be some criticism you occurred. So, uh, incurred. Yeah, we did um, years and years. We did consciously creating your life, where Excellent. we went in and unlocked that, mm -hmm. um, and that's very true. And there was something I was going to say along those lines, but um, I will come back to that because mm -hmm. I will say something else. Um, criticism comes in many forms. It's not just oh, I don't like your shirt, um, things like that. Oh. Criticism comes in the form of withholding approval from people in general. And we do it all the time as a course of power. Uh, I remember years ago I went into the store and there was this elderly couple walking around and they were so rude to me. I was just buying my son's shoes and we were sitting there on the floor putting shoes on and they had some rule in their head that you're supposed to go way over on the other side of the store and carry the shoes and go sit over there and try them on and then bring them back. I don't know. What they, all I knew is I had broken their rules they had going on in their head. And there was this look of um, disapproval that I remember as a child when adults would look at you with that shame. Oh, shame on you. And, and your spirit just shrinks like, like it gets dehydrated, like salt on a snail, you know. And it's like, oh, and it just withers. And I remember thinking... And when I was going through healing from that, because I was there with my kids, we were having a lovely day, and that disapproval was just so harsh. And of course, that was a long time ago. Now I would deal with it very differently. But the value, the blessing that came out of that is I saw that when we feel powerless, we use this judgmental criticizer to harshly critique someone or criticize them because it's a, it's a shame thrower, really, is what it is, and it, and it makes the person shrink. So then if we're afraid, or if someone's breaking our rules, that gets, gets the world back into shape. But I, I, I remember what I was gonna say real quick about um, writer's group. We, we've over the years belonged to a number of different writer's groups, and there was this one, and um, that the particular set of people, they thought that their job was to criticize. I think they got the word, the definition wrong. And everybody was just trying to find something to criticize about each other, really, rather than giving constructive criticism. And I noticed this on a lot of the reality shows. They don't really have any constructive criticism, so they'll criticize something just very random. And so a lot of people have those two words confused. Well, this is the place where you can straighten that out in your life and not have to have it marauding your subconscious. They were talking about a life of shame, and uh, this is true. This is what's uh, going on on our planet. Everybody leads a life of shame. I don't care who you are, uh, because there is uh, some guilt-known base within us that keeps us from really knowing. And over a course of a lifetime, you actually shrink. Um, uh, if you're 6'4", when you're in your 30s, 40s, by the time you're rounding out to 60s, you're 6'3", six, 6'2". Six, by the time you pack it in completely, you could all the way, be all the way down. I was having that very conversation this afternoon. That's wild. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Now, uh, also, what uh, this shame that we bear, we have seen, and this is no offense to anyone, but I have a childhood memory of a, 
a very elderly person who is literally holding their head up with their hand to be in the grocery store to find things and they would have to physically lift their head to look around because there was so much shame in this person that they could not hold their head up. It is that simple. And the uh, it's first of all, it's not shame, it's sham, it's mispronounced. Um, the sham walk of me. sham. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> yeah, the rest of the idea that um, uh, shame is not a real thing. It's just not. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nobody who hasn't made a mistake. There's nobody who hasn't soiled themselves. There's nobody who hasn't blah, 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 I don't care. There's nobody who hasn't. And, and so just own it. Oh, pardon me, I seem to have soiled myself. <laughs> Would you mind handing me 20, 30 napkins so I can leave your eating establishment? As long as you accept yourself, we're fine. Yes, yeah. Now, if I have no issue with that, um, <laughs> then I'm not ashamed. And I don't care. People are just going to lose their minds. And, you know, the, those um, things that go by, uh, you know, uh, there's one of the Joker that keeps coming up where he says such and such, no, no one, no one gets upset at all. But such and such, and everybody loses their mind. Um, repeating thing, <laughs> going around. So I don't care. I just don't. I really can't be interested enough to bring me down about what's going on in somebody else's head. My head, different story. Somebody else's head. Eh. <laughs> really, there, there, there is no criticism where the person is not talking about themselves. There is no insult. Please, insult me. Please, because you are going to, to reveal to me things about yourself you have no idea you're revealing. And I have no compunction whatsoever about just removing the head because you gave me the razor-sharp sword. I'll do it <laughs> compassionately and lovingly, but you will have to grow a new head when I'm done. Because enough of this stuff. They're just, you well, know... Well, please, somebody call in and insult me. I'll show you exactly what okay, I'm talking I'll about. Okay, I'll insult you if that's Thank what you very you're much. into. Okay. No, See, I'm there you kidding. go. Oh, that's way too much information right there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See? It's just, it's like a hair trigger. <laughs> Just go ahead and I was just me. being nice. I was just yeah, talking. I, see I was that. just accommodating. Okay, so the biggest place where the critic lives is inside our head. So oh, that, yeah. Yeah, we have all this mirrored stuff going on, criticizing others through our looks, <clears throat> through what we say, through what we don't say, through what we don't look at, through the eyes and the, and the gaze that you funnel in another direction. <clears throat> Excuse me. We... Also do it in people that, uh, in including people and excluding people. But the biggest place that it exists is in the head. It's like, it's like a virus, and it lives there because we're trained to look for what's wrong. We really are, and I'm not saying that that in nature we don't require some of those skills, but we have ascended beyond a lot of that, and it's a good idea to step out of it. But I was noting, uh, I mentioned this to Neville. A number of years ago, maybe like 2009 or 2010, uh, I had taught a workshop series called um, Healing from the Inside Out, heal Healing Your Relationship with Your Body, in effect. And it was like a 10-week thing where we really looked at all different angles, used tapping and hypnosis and a lot of different stuff. And I realized then, but I really realized today, uh, I had a memory when I was about six years old, five years old, because I think I started first, it was before first grade, so it was four or five years old. I remember looking at my body and thinking that 
my legs were not very attractive or they didn't look like other people. And I saw how clearly that women, whether you're beautiful or not, there's a constant critique every moment of your life. And I realized for the last 50 something years from that moment, there's rarely a day where something isn't in the background about appearance not being good enough. And I know whether people are aware of it or not, it happens a lot. And men have their own thing too. But that critic is constantly there like a low grade or a raging fever all the time. And it's so important that we look at this because just think what we would be doing with that energy and that, 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 um, you know, that focus, if it wasn't uh, predominantly there. But so many young women have, uh, will do anything. You hear cases of people getting tattooed eyebrows and eyelashes and taking pills uh, that there. change your eye color and may cause blindness to get thicker lashes and breast implants. Yeah, to have a thicker head. <laughs> thicker, thicker skin. skin. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, this entire process of, we did uh, many shows with the title long ago, many shows, deglamorizing because this uh, whole concept of glamour is um, not nearly as glamorous as you would think it was. Let's do that next week again. Well, uh, that's an important uh, aspect to, uh, because we have to be free. I, I teach the subject of uh, physiognomy, which is reading the face, face reading. And the first and single and most important thing you can possibly say in addressing a class on this subject is there is no one who does not have the perfect face. There is not a single human being that does not have a face <laughs> that isn't perfect. Except for um, Mel Gibson. Remember back in the tabloids it said that Mel Gibson didn't have a face and he had a... Yeah, he was born was without a face. Yeah, that's I a, went, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, no, well, there's the idea face. of the veil over the, which is a very ancient concept, yeah, but uh, which brings a seer into the world, which is interesting enough. But your face is perfect. Mm -hmm. Your face is a map. Your face is a glyph. Your face is a symbol. Uh, all of these things have to do with who it is you are and what it is you came here to do. And the irony your is that is a dramatic, case. I'm sorry. Your uh, face is my case. Jackie Charles. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember okay. on uh, Kramer, mm -hmm. um, on Seinfeld. Yeah, but it's uh, true, so our just, face uh, is, is, is here. It shows a lot about us. So if you have your face surgically altered, you have dramatically and without much um, cognizance of the process uh, changed what's going to happen in your life. And that's not necessarily for the better. The um, nose bridge represents the flight path you have in life. If you have it arbitrarily straightened, uh, then you have really um, uh, changed what you came here to do and you will be uh, disoriented and out of um, balance with what's going on. Uh, really, all of these- Or it'll just be different, you know. No, it will have a dramatic effect on what happens in your life. Uh, if the nose bridge is perfectly straight, you came here like a, a railroad train, you're just going to go in one direction. If the, uh, This goes on and on in the teaching of face reading, but the idea that um, we're perfect, could we just calm down and be that way? So the well, races on other planets had different opinions on what to do. Here, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, yeah, I mean, those words can be spoken and said, but 
there is so much subtext. There is something in every moment, every time a guy looks at women in this way or somebody gets approval, a guy with big muscles over here and women love that or a guy with a thick wallet or whatever. We can we can know these things. <laughs> yeah, they're exercises I'm just saying, you can okay. do to thicken your wallet. I really, all the way from when I was a child, I always had friends that were unusual. I, I just wanted to see realness, you know. I, um, I, I just have craved that. And I think there's so much more in it than all of us attempting to be some ideal out there. But there's well, a, Hollywood another... Icon. Um, thing about cri criticism and, and what we are talking mm -hmm. about is so it's so important and, and I think a whole show it warrants a whole show but uh, I, I remember I'm, I'm going to talk about the criticism and anger in regards to road rage and being in the car we've all done it I've done it I've been mad I've flashed my brights I've done these things periodically I don't like feeling that way but we get that way and I watched this uh, documentary uh, a while, I, I don't remember when, it was been a long time ago, and they did a study of eye contact and how that changes things. In a car, you're surrounded by this metal and glass, and this is just another car with metal and glass, and it's not personal, and so you can get really angry. This other metal thing is doing this specifically to harm me, to get me to be late for work and get in my way, and it builds up all these artificial angers that things in your uh, the other parts of your life that you can't express yourself all come through there. But the moment you have eye contact, people act differently. And so they did a case in point where somebody bumped into somebody on the street and they got real mad and then they looked in each other's eyes and they go, oh, okay, yeah, go right ahead. So if we have any kind of thing in our bodies walking on the street, we usually will make peace with it. But if you can't make eye contact, it doesn't happen. So the other day I was in a grocery store that gets very crowded and people get rather aggressive in it. So I said, I'm going to walk around, because I do that too. You just are looking to get your groceries and go home. And I walked around and I just looked at everybody I passed in the eye and I started realizing all these beautiful, beautiful souls that were all around me that when I didn't do that, it was just these things that may or may not be in my way. And so I recommend next time you're in the grocery store, just look people in the eye, look them in the face because that connects, it, it opens up the heart and lets you see realness and you're not just there criticizing these objects that are in your way. Yeah, very well put. Let's all make eye contact with each other. Yeah, yeah. Here, look into the TV. No, you got to do this. Eyes. Wasn't yes. Crocodile okay. Dundee doing this? Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he took the uh, um, Pincher out with that in particular. Yeah, so this idea of um, becoming, uh, and uh, what that does is when you look in the person's eyes, some part of you, the higher part of you, the soul part of you, the monastic part of you, recognizes themselves in you because we really mm -hmm. are one thing. And so to look in another person's eyes is to recognize yourself. And that's why that phenomenon goes on like that. Um, so look someone in the eye, uh, especially that's why um, uh, the police are always wearing these uh, mirrored sunglasses so that you cannot look in the eyes, because if you could, then they couldn't be the person who's going to do that. Well, now, I agree with the police and what they do. There has to be rules, et cetera, but I'm just saying. 
Well, at least down here there has to be. In face reading, you know, there's yeah. a lot that you teach about the iris and, and what we see unconsciously, but there, there's a humanity that comes when you look each other in the eye. There's a truth, there's an honesty. As a matter of fact, I, um, Frankenstein and all the monsters from the 60s, mm -hmm. I thought, what makes them so scary? And I realized that there was nothing, there was, was no depth in the eye and that there was nothing, no, nothing to reason with. There was no compassion in there. And you can't see people's compassion and you can't see what they've been through. Boy, is it easy for us to sit there and say, oh, look at them, They're, those idiots, or look, this guy is uh, freaked out today. He got mad in the grocery store. Well, you know what? You never know what that person's dealing with. Uh, we've all had times in our life where it was just everything we could do to function out there. And sometimes people have challenges, um, brain uh, issues or brain uh, injuries, and they're out there. And, and to just assume that they're being rude, uh, if you look people in the eye, their whole story comes in. It's like the elfin in the movie The Dark Crystal, where they would hold hands, mm -hmm. and all their life would just get transferred, all, all their experience. And really, if we understood everybody, uh, everything is possible. And, and I think people throw each other away so willy-nilly now. Oh, they did this to me. I'm mad. I've got to surround myself with positive people. Let's just kick everybody to the curb. Everybody is lovable. Yeah. So the idea of being able to recognize ourselves, which is really what it is that we're doing. Yeah. Recognizing self in these people. It's kind of and like us. Christ said, yeah. to the smallest, uh, you'll see me there, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're, in, other, we're in everybody. Everybody's yeah. in us. Another one is the more you give, the more you receive, which is a whole a method of life that they've done their level best to destroy again and again and again, they being the people that want to control other people. And yet the idea of uh, generosity, the idea of the more you give, the more you receive, is an absolute true axiom in the universe, not just this planet. It is the way it works. So the more you can give away, the more you have room to receive. It's, it's just... Uh, but the, we're doing the program on the critique, and, um, or criticism. as we're saying, criticism. And so the idea is that if you are criticized, it's nothing personal. It's the other person. That's what they don't like. Please take this understand this, that is what the person doesn't like about themselves. If you disapprove of a homeless person, you are disapproving of the idea that you could manage to get yourself to be homeless. And this person's there embodying it. So of course it upsets you, but you're not going to manipulate reality to the point where you're homeless. And if you do, that's a perfect idea because then there's no mortgage, there's no taxes, there's no, you know, just you're That's totally free. So please, everybody, calm down. And, and the criticisms we've all heard, okay, just everybody, there's nobody who hasn't been criticized. And it doesn't matter what gender, it doesn't matter what age. People are constantly attempting to take the rug out from under you. And what you love about that is after a while, they can tug all they want and nothing's going anywhere. And there's always something to love about things. That was well said. Yeah. So what you love about the person criticizing you, I've already told you, they're talking about themselves. Haul off. Take them out. It's really easy. They just told you exactly how to take you out, them out. I love yeah. that expression. That's from childhood. Haul off. I'm going to yeah. haul off. And yeah. 
I would haul on, but that's a whole other religion and God. All right, so, and, and um, this program is to be of service, and we would love to be more of service to you. So anything uh, that you would like to know, uh, we can assist you with, because mm -hmm. that's what we came here to do. And um, had a meditation where I was talking to an elder on another planet who said, well, you know, that show you do really helps. And I go, oh, I hadn't thought of it like that. I had, you know, we've been doing this since 2000. Yeah, well, Otzip, whatever, how many zeros are in Otzip? But the, um, um, and the world is now a much better place. And I never really, until this elder was saying this to me, I never quite exactly recognized uh, how much we've done on this program. We hear, you know, things we've said trickling through, um, but, but that's the deal here. Let's, let's um, spread the word on this show. We're here to wake people. We really know how to do this. We've been asleep long enough that we are well, uh, waking up, so let's do it with some ambition. Yeah, that's true. And so much about what our perspective has been, and there are a lot of shows in the archives where, where we teach lots of different specific things, and uh, obviously more to come, but the biggest thing is how to apply this to your life, because you can read books and get very inspired. Mm -hmm. But we'll have dialogue about how to deal with that guy at work, how to deal and still be in your spiritualness. I, mm -hmm. I've heard countless times of people say, I get real inspired, I'll read uh, Rain Dyer's book, or, or I'll read this and that, and I'll get expired, inspired, and <laughs> then I go to work, and this whole drama at work, I have to quit my job and go live in an ashram somewhere because I can't, I can't let these two worlds, they can't live together. But so much of what we're saying is that it doesn't matter where you are, what you, kind of work you do, what kind of people you're around. You can transcend and you can rise above. And I was saying earlier how important it is not to just throw people away. And I know that we entered into, in the 80s and 90s, this era of understanding codependency and martyrdom. And I know martyrdom, the age of martyrdom has passed. And but now we can do the age of love. And sometimes you do love people and you stay there. You don't tolerate certain things. You walk away from them. You rise above it. But I think the resistance that I see so many people are doing, resisting against these things, all you're really doing is isolating. And so love, I, it really, um, it really, I have feelings about it when people will take friends they've had for a long time and just, I'm not talking to them anymore, and just cut them off or ostracizing. And it's like uh, firing the person before they get their gold watch, you know? Yeah. Well, there's a lot to this. I've been uh, meditating for a very long time on the subject of resistance, and resistance has turned into a reliable tool for mm -hmm. me. If I, I now have a, fl if I catch myself in resistance, a flag goes up and it is possible to recognize resistance as the ego, dark ego, hard at work, attempting to separate you from something, keeping you from yep. receiving. So part of the uh, uh, meditation is to uh, accept, allow, surrender, 
and then Base. receive uh, so that it is possible to uh, begin to attain mastery over this ego. Um, I'm, in the new book I'm working on, there's a chapter called On Being Your Ego's Bitch. That is the name of the chapter because we do this all the time. We do. And it, it's time oh. for this to stop. Uh, the job really of the ego is to separate us from other people. Okay, but we are not separate from other people and we cannot not be unique. Uh, and so the ego really has no job. It really doesn't. You know, to be separate this way is to, um, uh, is an estrangement to our true nature. And yet you're trained to do it from earliest childhood. They teach you ninja techniques to separate yourself from your fellow man. Exactly how bright is that? Uh, and who are these people teaching us this? And more than that, they get programs locked into your subconscious to keep you separate from things. When, um, you know, there are places in the world, Norway comes to mind almost instantly, uh, where people are not going to, and that's because of the freezing cold there. If you see a stranger there uh, in a very, because I used to live in Wisconsin, where it got deadly cold. I mean, if you weren't properly dressed and you didn't have a pair of gloves, you were not going to be able to get back in your house because you're, you couldn't unlock the door because your hands don't work past a certain point when you're freezing. So you could not leave a person in that. You could not. You, you may as well just shoot them. It'd be more humanitarian to just shoot them. So they will go out of their way. They'll stop the car. They'll pick you up. They'll the, because it's them, it's not you. It looks like you, but it's, you know, so you are then, by virtue of the environment you live in, required to recognize the other person as you, because that could have just as easily been you out there walking along the road. So, uh, hi, caller, what's your name, please? Hi, my name's Mary. I wanted to share a story about criticism. Oh, okay. okay. So for a really long time, I worked, I worked in a restaurant and I was a manager and you know, I would go around and I really thought I was helping people, I would talk to, I worked with a lot of my friends and I thought by talking to them and telling them, I was helping them and one day a good friend of mine comes up to me and she's just like, you know, Mary, um, could you turn your TV down? I think the feedback loop is starting. <laughs> I hear myself. I, yeah, I can't. I don't know what happened. I think I can't find the remote. So that's okay. I don't know if maybe I sat on it or. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Here, I'm gonna hang up. Now. Oh no, no, no! Don't hang no, up. No, don't hang just up. We want to hear your story. Yeah, go in another room. Yeah, that just might go be in the other room. I can find the remote here. I don't know. It might be under my couch. Oh, that's okay. If you could just move into another room. Um, there we there, go. Perfect. Nope. Yep. Okay. Oh, call back. Yeah, Mary, call back. We want to hear. We're on pins and needles. I want to hear your story about criticism. I think that would be so valuable. Mary, please do call back. Yeah. And we are still hearing the dial tone. There we there go. There we go. All right. So anyhow, the idea of, um, oh, I wanted to thank Red Green, Red Green, the Canadian comedian that runs. Red Green. <laughs> Red Green, that's the French pronunciation. That's the Donald Duck pronunciation. 
Wet queen. <laughs> uh, for saying uh, we're all in this together. Yeah. Who he it's a good said one. repeatedly on uh, a number. I, I wrote it in the post for this show, but I forgot to credit Red Green for that. But we are all in this together. And as soon as we can just overcome this ego enough to recognize that we're all here, uh, it, it, we could do away with money. <laughs> Think of it. How's that for ascension? We can do away with uh, competition. Another favorite thing the ego does is to compete. And really the only competition, if there were even such a concept, would be you doing better than you had. Yeah, this like has been forever. Best. Yeah, yeah, personal best. And the lessons are there. They're slopping all over everything. But the question is, when do we catch on? When do we realize that this concept of personal best is defeated every time by, yeah, is defeated every time by uh, competition. Uh, just stop it. We don't have well, to compete. It's painful. We don't have to be the best. We don't have to do any That's of that. That's usually the thing that drives me from a, a job that I have is when it gets too much like that because I feel it's a distraction. And you know, you were talking about ego and keeping separate and everything. And uh, I think that, yes, it, it does do that. It, do, it is designed to keep us separate. But you could also see that is the side that's afraid. It's almost like we're so afraid of being separate, we make ourselves separate so that we have some power or control over it. Uh, it's like my brothers used to torture me. Not really torture. They go with a balloon and a needle like, I'm going to pop. And so you're sitting there waiting for them to do it. And eventually you just grab their hand and make them pop the balloon because you want to get it and over with. they stick with. the needle in their other palm on purpose just to make you wrong. Yep. Yeah, typical. Humans, they're hmm. predictable. We as a group are predictable. Yeah, that's true. We are. But we don't have to be. We can rise up out of those programs. Have we gotten Mary back on the line yet? Mary, no? Well, Mary, if you're listening, please do uh, call in. We still got some more time. Mary's and even if you call in after the duck, and or if you want to call in and just go in another room if you can't find your remote, because we'd still love to hear from you, um, that would be great. Yeah. Well, we do have the Serpent Mound trip coming up soon, Ooh, and yeah, there's more information on the website if anybody wanted to join at the last minute. We're really excited about it, and mm -hmm. it's such a wonderful time. Yeah, there's so much going to be done on this uh, journey that we're taking. We, we do it, it's an annual uh, pilgrimage, essentially, to a place where there's a phenomenally high frequency piece of the planet <laughs> Earth, where uh, just sitting there will raise your frequency. You'd have to come to understand this and do it. And meanwhile, here's the We're going to be doing the Merkaba there, and decision stones, and all kinds of events. Okay. Well, we are about to do the duck. Here's David, our duck dangler. Okay. A lot of D's in one place. All right, and these are my chakra affirmation cards, since I forgot my Mary's Magical Message cards. I got crown chakra, and no matter where I am or what I do, I am on my sacred path. Crown chakra also, I am always aware of my higher self's direction and insight. Now these are excellent. affirmations that you mm -hmm. say repeatedly when you draw the card. They are an antidote or a counter program to something and a program you may not even know you have in there. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. Um, I'm going to do a reading for Uni, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, she 
uh, emailed for a reading because she lives uh, in Europe and is not uh, awake during this time. So I told her I would do a reading and I believe she said it was her birthday, but I'm not sure. But happy birthday, because it will be your birthday eventually anyway. <laughs> okay, so the first card is the aloneness. And I love this. It's like the hermit card in the traditional tarot. Uh, the thing is, is we really must learn how to be alone before we can learn to be with others. You must, uh, in the Tao of Relationships, it says be alone when you're together and together when you're alone and you'll always find happiness. And that's, there's so much truth in that. There's a whole inner world that if we get comfortable in there, people can't pull the rug out from under us like, like you were saying earlier, Neville. Yeah. You can't. The second card, and so that, that's talking about going inward, your spiritual study, your spiritual awareness. And then from the spirit animal cards, we've got armadillo, which can talk about boundaries. And the armadillo has that armor around them. And so sometimes it's good to take it down and let things in because we do have that field around us and we don't have to have it in the form of an armor. But yet we don't want to walk around completely vulnerable. And I feel that card is telling you to look at some of the areas in your life because there may be areas that you're putting up too much armor and some other areas that you may not even be focusing on that maybe you could have a little bit more of a boundary there. And the final card is the fertile ground underneath the surface. There is a lot going on right now and a lot of potential and a potential for money making, jobs and money making. And I almost feel like there might be something that is uh, an object that is worth a lot of money. And I, you know how um, you hear those stories on the news, somebody finding a rock at a, some resale shop somewhere and it turns out to be this expensive, uh, tight or something that they get tens of thousands of dollars for. I feel like there's something in your hand that could really pan out, pan out to be worth something. It doesn't have to be an object. It can be a lot. Okay. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? David. Pardon? David. David, Hi, David. hey. What can we do for you? I wanted a card reading from Mary. Okay. Be most happy to. David's a very popular name around here, too. We have several Davids here. Okay, the first card is the Master card. <laughs> and this, is, this card has quite a story. Uh, years ago, uh, I won't tell you the story of how it happened, but it got left outside in the rain, and I looked outside and there was a big group of raccoons and they had this thing wadded up, and I thought, that looks like orange, like my cards. And I realized one of the cards was still outside. And it, I did not have the resources to buy another deck, and I didn't feel comfortable using the deck with the card missing. So I took the card and I flattened it. It had, had peeled apart, too. And I put it back together and put it in a dictionary. And this is that card. You'd never guess, would you? It's like magic. You can tell it's a little uh, chewed up when you look closely at, no, at an raccoons. angle. But this card got bonded back together and it just so happens it's the card that's the master in the deck and it, that's Osho what this deck particular deck is based on and it's saying that you are really here to master yourself and if we take um, modeling from this card it doesn't matter what you go through if it is your intent or your decision to put it back together and everything eventually always does that you will get where you're going and don't let things um, make you feel like you're, you're um, 
losing track of something. The second card is the wolf, and the wolf comes to call you as a, as a teacher, and the wolf doesn't call just anyone. And so you are here to teach and uh, open up to that. And Fertile Ground can talk about money. I just explained that one. And so I don't know if you've given any thought to teaching or mentoring someone, because that's what the MasterCard also talks about. Uh, but you're, I would say you're really being called to teach. And that can come in, in the financial end like this, but also maybe in spiritual or just as a friend. Okay. Excellent. Okay, thank you very much. And our next caller, hello, what's your name, please? Hi, it's Victoria. Hi. Victoria, all right. What can we do for you? <laughs> um, Mary, can I have a reading, please? I'm, I'm uh, needing a little help on where, what steps to take next in my life, decision-wise. Okay. Well, great. Thank you. Thanks. Mm -hmm. And while I'm pulling this card, if our caller, Mary, would like to call in next week, it doesn't matter if we're talking about this or not, or well, if you'd like to week. email. Yeah. And, um, I'd love to uh, hear, hear your story for sure. Okay, so this is the rebel. The rebel, the, if you look at the chains as society's beliefs, now often the rebel has a place in our life. Let me put it that way. It's the part of us that busts us out of those chains that are other people's beliefs and ideas. But then there comes a time when we may be hyper rebel and it becomes a resistance, a wall of resistance. And so what I feel you're coming up with uh, at your life right now, or the, this point in your life is where you're utilizing your rebel. It's becoming your tool instead of it just um, leaping out in response to things that may be going on, which is really wonderful. And so look at what you're doing to out of resistance for something old and what you're really doing because you want to leave something old. I don't know if I said that real clearly, but um, I think, uh, you know, let me know if it doesn't make sense. The next card is the deer, and the deer is cute and gentle and always observes and looks out for things. And there's something in the modeling of the deer that just that beauty and gentleness and kindness of the soul. Sometimes people attempt to tell us that that's weak or being too sensitive. But you know what? When we own that part of us, it is the most powerful thing. It's more powerful than the rebel. And you have it. And I feel like now's the time you're really stepping into your own. And the traveling card is the final card, and it shows a suitcase. And that's talents, gifts, it's things. You're being called, you're moving, you've already moved, and you're leaving baggage behind, and you're taking only what's necessary. And I feel like that might be talking about traveling out of a comfort zone into something new, maybe even a different area of work or a different area locally even, or a different area in general, but even locally. So thank you, Victoria. Yeah. Uh, hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Constantino. Hi. Constantino, what can we do for you? I like a reading, and I like to uh, thank you so much for the, all the assistance that you're giving us, and God bless you both. Oh, well, thank what you a very sweet much. thing. Yeah. Thank you. Have thank nice you. Evening. You too. You too. Thanks. Okay. All right. And the first card we get is the isolation. And the thing is, is I, I really at times have deep compassion for men because so many men are raised that, that emotion is not acceptable and it has to get funneled, everything through solar plexus and everything. And so if we look at emotion as water, <coughs> the only way for water to really have a border is either it washes up against something else and then somebody else has to maintain that border. 
uh, or, or you freeze. And I feel like there are parts of you that are thawing right now and how you melt that ice is through the rainbow tears of passion and creativity. And it's saying, let out some of those feelings. Uh, I, I just feel that there's a strength about you. And so sometimes you don't necessarily let, let those feelings out. And you don't have to let them out to other people, but just to yourself, let you hear you. There's this artistry and this, this um, depth with you that I think the rest of the world could really have. And the egg, this is the wild card. This is my spirit animal cards. And this is the card that represents the wild card. There's an egg. What would you like to grow from that egg? And if, and if, I really feel like maybe starting your own business is the key here. Letting your creative passions out. I don't know if you do anything that what we would call artistic or whatever, um, maybe not artistic is the word, but I, I'm even seeing like graphic design or computers or um, internet, something having to do with that. I think you could really have a, a good business. And this card of trust, if you see this sweet little girl with her arms wide open and the heart right there in the center, it's saying center everything in your life right now in the heart because that's really the, the important thing. And just trust what comes. Okay, thanks. All right. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Neville um, and Mary. This is Mark, and I just, not so much of a uh, request, I just want to say thank you. I've been watching the show oh. off and on now for a few years, um, sometimes just to see what socks Neville has on, or mm -hmm. just different color socks on. Um, but every time I watch it, it's, you get such a warm feeling oh. about, oh. about well, the world you. and everything. And oh. it's just, just really good. I know the show's ending soon, but I just want to say thank you. Well, well that's oh, very, very kind much. of you. Thank you so much, and we really appreciate that. Appreciate mm -hmm. you watching, and it's yeah. very kind of you to call in and Yeah, very that. much. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, we do a lot of good work on this show. And we're all, okay. And, and it's wonderful, because the more people that watch, we create a web of, of consciousness, and we really do connect. There is no, very few live shows out there, and we don't even have a time delay. I mean, this is verbatim live. Um, the, the, there's yeah. not much there's more no right out there. Delay. And talk about criticism. When we first started doing this, it really wasn't cool. And we had a lot of criticism, like mm -hmm. uh, pretty much everybody in my life. And a lot of people, when they start on their spiritual path, and probably a lot of viewers have experienced that too. Yeah. When you get out of the box, it makes people uncomfortable and they attempt to pull you back in. Yes, but um, have a good time doing that. <laughs> And uh, all you're doing is delaying your own development. So get, get on that right away. Uh, we're about to be at Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle. You are invited to come and join us if you would like. We'll be there, and we'll be there live, uh, probably having something like chamomile tea. But nonetheless, um, let me see what else. Oh, the Serpent Mount. This is a holy journey. You've seen what this program is. So. Um, and this is set in a studio, a television studio. Uh, what we do is set on a holy ground, a piece of the earth that's at a much higher frequency, and it gives us the opportunity to see who it is we are. And um, only rarely in the average life do you get the opportunity to uh, get a glimpse of uh, what all of this really is. Were we to actually see us for real, we would be a light that's indescribably brilliant. Um, the new color coming into our reality is something we're going to talk about 
Uh, we'll be posting more of the Arcturian Nights coming up. Uh, I've started the apprenticeship of uh, palmistry and face reading, which I'm really happy with. I just think that is the way to do that sort of information. And you were talking about yeah, uh, I do, I do psychic awareness and development and yeah. stuff, mentoring like that too. Yeah, in that mm -hmm. same. Uh, yes, but you're having great fun. Well, it's our joy and honor to take you to the door this evening. And you're going through a quit fooling around, stop acting like you're not gonna. Mm -hmm. Get your shoulder into it and do it. And don't make your ego your bitch.